Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences is a proud sponsor of this I Believe podcast. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. All right. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the I Believe podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Katharina Alsina, and she goes by Kat who is the Associate Director of the Uveal Melanoma Division at Castle Biosciences. So Castle is a commercial stage diagnostics company that is focused on providing physicians and their patients with personalized, clinically actionable information to make more accurate treatment decisions. Um, in layman's terms, they're the ones who do our biopsies for the ocular melanoma community. So we're really glad to have Katharina or Kat with us here today and to have her tell a little bit about herself and about Castle. And we're just gonna be going through and answering a few questions that you know maybe you didn't really know about Castle and about the tests that they offer for uveal melanoma patients. Okay, so um, Kat, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, like your background personally and your role at Castle Biosciences? Yes, sure. Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I am a scientist by training. I did my graduate work in molecular biology here in Houston and then um, came to Castle in 2019, where I'm now supporting our uveal melanoma division. As you said, um, I'm the head of medical and scientific affairs for our uveal melanoma division. So in this role, I spend kind of half of my time providing support for the physicians who utilize our tests and the other half driving our uveal melanoma research initiatives. And um, we really have an incredible team of scientists at Castle that support our research and development work. Um, I don't think many people know that all of Castle's tests are rigorously validated through peer-reviewed peer studies. And that's really important because we wanna ensure that patients are provided with the most accurate and actionable information possible. That's amazing. Okay. so. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how, how Castle Biosciences actually got its start, just as a company in general? Sure. Um, our CEO, Derek Matzold, founded the company back in 2008 with Kristen Olschlager, who is currently our chief operating officer, and uh, Toby Juvenal, who's our chief commercial officer. And their initial goal was to improve care for patients affected with rare cancers. So our first test was actually the Decision DX UM test for patients with uveal melanoma. So this is the test that um, tells the patient the class of their tumor. And the test was originally developed by Dr. William Harbour, who's a prominent clinician scientist. And then Castle in-licensed and launched that test clinically in 2009. So our uveal melanoma test is really how we got started in the molecular diagnostic space. And since then, the company has really grown and evolved, and our scope has expanded to include tests for skin cancers like skin melanoma and squamous cell carcinoma, um, for Barrett's esophagus, and most recently for mental health disorders. 
That's awesome. So basically uveal melanoma and the testing for that was like your baby, so to speak, as a company. Um, it was the first thing that you guys yep. really worked on. Um, and I, I guess, I, in my opinion, if it's the first thing you work on, it, it's the thing you get really good at. Um, so today's focus, our discussion is mostly just on the, the molecular prognostic testing in ocular melanoma. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what molecular testing is and why it's important for the newly diagnostic or newly diagnosed patients with OM to discuss this option with their doctor? Yes, molecular testing is really leading the way for precision medicine. And most physicians who treat uveal melanomas are very in tune with these advances. They're discussing the option of molecular testing with their patients. Um, our testing, Castle's testing, requires a tumor biopsy, and it allows us to look at, to analyze a number of different biomarkers in the tumor to kind of determine its molecular signature, if you will. So um, this type of individualized tumor profiling is really important because it allows the physician to tailor their treatment and surveillance approach based on each patient's unique biology. And in the case of our uveal melanoma test, it's really important for patients to know that the tissue has to be collected, that the biopsy tissue has to be collected before the tumor is exposed to any treatment like plaque brachytherapy or proton beam radiation. So the timing is very important because we need a sample of the tumor kind of in its original state in order to get the most accurate indication of how aggressive it might be. Okay, that makes sense. Um... So you mentioned molecular testing, just to clarify for our listeners, is molecular testing the same as genetic testing or are they different? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, these terms, molecular testing, genetic testing, genomic testing, they're many times used interchangeably to describe the type of testing that we perform, but there are actually differences that are important. And Without going into too much detail, um, I'll just say that kind of across the board, the type of testing that Castle provides is molecular tumor testing. So that's kind of the best terminology to use to avoid confusion. However, our uveal melanoma tests specifically are genomic tests. Um, we don't really refer to them as genetic tests. That, it, that, that isn't, um, it's not incorrect but the term genetic testing is commonly used when referring to inherited diseases that are passed down through families. So we try to kind of avoid using that terminology when talking about cancer testing, unless of course there's an inherited component. Okay, um, so can you tell us a little bit more specifically about each of the Castle uveal melanoma tests? Um, what exactly do they measure? What kind of information do they give us as patients? Um, and obviously as the, the clinical community, what do they give the clinical community? Yes, we offer three different molecular tests for newly diagnosed uveal melanoma patients. Um, and together, these three tests can provide a very comprehensive molecular profile of the tumor. And all three of them can be run from a single tumor biopsy sample. So it's now possible to get a lot of information from a very small amount of tissue, which is incredible. Um, in the US, these biopsies are typically performed using a very small gauge needle to aspirate or suck up just a tiny bit of the tumor for testing. And our platform can run all three of these tests with, with this you know, small sample. Um, our main uveal melanoma test is Decision DX UM, so that's the test that gives the tumor class. It has been studied and validated over the years um, and is really the only test of its kind to have undergone such rigorous validation. 
So that test is a prognostic test. It's not a diagnostic test. Um, and it measures the activity of 15 specific genes within the patient's tumor to determine the likelihood of the tumor spreading or metastasizing from the eye to other organs. And um, so the test can identify the tumor as being either class 1A, class 1B, or class 2, with the class 2 tumors having the highest risk for spreading. Okay. Um, so when they have those results of the, the prognostic testing from the Decision X or the C Decision DX UM test, um, how are those results then used uh, by the patients, by the doctors who get those results, um, and I guess as well in research? Yeah, well, knowing the molecular class of the tumor can be extremely helpful to patients and their doctors in planning their follow-up care. Um, there are considerations about the kind of the, the kind of monitoring and the frequency of monitoring that the patient will need to detect metastatic disease um, and whether the patient would be a candidate for certain treatments or clinical trials as they become available. So, um, you know, while the Decision DX UM test can't guide your doctor toward a specific therapy, there are studies which have sh shown that the class result has a significant impact on the management of mesomelanoma patients. So, um, most ophthalmologists in the U.S. who treat mesomelanomas are using molecular testing, and national guidelines recommend increasing the frequency of metastatic surveillance imaging for those patients who have high-risk test results, so class 2 test results. But of course, um, the decisions around surveillance, treatment, and other follow-up plans should always be made between the doctor and the patient. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned that CASEL offers three different tests for ocular melanoma. Um, what are the other two besides the Decision DX, UM, and um, yeah, just go ahead and tell us what are those other two? Yes, so we offer two additional tests that can all be performed, again, from the same original biopsy sample that we used to run the Decision DX, UM test. We can perform frame testing using uh, our test called Decision DX frame, and we can perform DNA sequencing to identify mutations in the tumor DNA using a test called Decision DX UM-Seq. So it's important to remember that the test that gives the class result, the Decision DX UM test, is the only one of the three that has been prospectively validated and confirmed across multiple studies. So these other two tests are optional add-on tests um, because their prognostic value is still under investigation, but they can provide kind of a more complete picture of the tumor to potentially help refine a patient's individual risk for developing metastatic disease. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about PRAME and the DNA mutations, why this information is important um, to have in addition to the class result? Because obviously you mentioned it can be helpful, but what's the reason behind that? Yeah, PRAME stands for Preferentially Expressed Antigen in Melanoma. And it's a gene that's usually not found in normal adult tissues, but in some cancers like uveal melanoma, PRAME levels are abnormally elevated. And so there's a lot of interest around PRAME because recent studies in uveal melanoma have found that increased levels of PRAME in the tumor is associated with riskier tumors that are more likely to spread. And so specifically, if we get into kind of the nitty gritty of these studies, they have shown that a class one tumor that is PRAME positive, so that has elevated levels of PRAME, may be associated with an increased risk of metastasis compared to a class one tumor that does not express PRAME, so PRAME negative. 
And then in the case of class two tumors, which already have a higher risk of metastasis, um, prame positivity may be associated with a shorter time to metastasis than the prame negative class two tumors. So um, again, it's important to emphasize that the studies about prame were retrospective studies. So they were not kind of the gold standard for validating biomarkers. Um, but there is an ongoing prospective multicenter study called the KUB2 study that aims to prospectively validate PRAME. So until we have the results of that study, we can't really say for sure exactly what the impact of PRAME status is on a patient's risk for metastasis. And then as for our sequencing test, we, um, we have this DNA sequencing test called Decision DX UMC that can identify mutations in seven important genes in a patient's tumor. And so like the PRAME test, this DNA sequencing test is an optional additional test. It can be run from the same biopsy sample as the other tests. And there are multiple potential applications of this test, but researchers believe that identifying mutations in these seven genes may aid in kind of refining a patient's prognosis and may someday help guide treatment decisions. But um, like PRAME, these mutations really require further validation before we understand their exact role in prognosis. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so what about patients who have their class, their tumor class from a biopsy result, but they don't have PRAME status or mutation status on that result? Yes, we would like to inform patients that if they were tested in 2016 or later, our clinical lab may have residual tissue stored that we could go back to for PRAME testing or for the DNA mutation testing. Um, and patients can check on this at any time by calling our, our clinical services team and um, maybe we can provide that information afterwards. Okay, um, and this is, I, I guess, kind of a follow-up question to that one, but can, if they, if, they can, if they can find out if they can have that tissue retested after 2016, um, do you know when those tests, like all three of them, became available, like date-wise? Yes, so PRAME became available in 2016. Um, our sequencing panel uh, is newer. It became available around 20, early 2019, and it really hasn't become widely utilized until just this past year. Okay, I feel like that's, that's good to know. Um, okay, so will the molecular testing results help patients qualify for clinical trials? Yeah, it is becoming increasingly common for genetic information to be included as part of the requirements to qualify for clinical trials for, for specific therapies. Um, and I'm sure, as you know, searching for clinical trials can be really confusing. And so CASEL's UM team has put together a list of, of the currently recruiting trials for uveal melanoma patients. Um, we have one list for those patients who have been diagnosed with metastatic disease and another for those who have not been diagnosed with metastatic disease. And so these uh, clinical trial lists are updated quarterly and distributed to the physicians that we have in, in CASEL's database. But we also post them to our website under the resources tab, so they're available to, to everyone. Okay, that's good to know. We'll need to get that, um, I guess, just follow up and put that link to the resources tab in the show notes so that people can, can go and check that out. Uh, okay, so what happens to any of my biopsy materials, say like like mine personally was done in 2020, if there's any that's unused, can it be saved to use as testing advances, like because it was such a small sample? Yeah, great question. 
So typically, if all three of our tests are requested by the physician, so the decision DXUM, PRAIN, and sequencing, if all three of those tests are run, then typically the biopsy sample will be totally exhausted. So there will be none left over. But um, we do offer an option for patients to have an additional biopsy sample stored in our tissue repository program, free of charge for a period of up to five years. And so um, to benefit from this program, patients just have to discuss the option with, with their doctor to understand you know, any potential risks associated with having that extra aspirate taken. And, um, and the patient would need to sign a consent form to allow us to store their tissue. Okay. I feel like that's, that's helpful to know. Um, so what if a patient in that case, they're offered the storing of the tissue and they do not, um, let's see, what if that patient does not use the additional stored sample, then what happens if the five years has passed? Yeah, based on the, on the terms of the consent form, as it currently stands, we are required to destroy the tissue after a five-year period if the patient hasn't requested that we send it elsewhere or you know, use it for further testing. However, this tumor tissue is a precious resource, and so we are considering modifying this program potentially in the future to facilitate research studies, for example. So, um, so patients might have the chance to opt in to having their tissue transferred to a research biobank after a certain number of years, for instance. Okay, that's, that's going to be an interesting development for sure. Um, so what about the patients who maybe they did not have the option just because of when they were diagnosed to have, um, to have a tumor biopsy sent for molecular testing? Yeah, in the absence of molecular testing, usually the physician will be able to estimate a patient's prognosis based on you know, a very comprehensive clinical evaluation where they're looking closely at the, the different um, clinical pathologic features of the tumor, so like the tumor diameter, the tumor thickness, and other staging factors. Okay, um, so let's move on a little bit to some of the kind of the big questions that I think people get in the uveal melanoma community around the castle biopsy is how are the tests billed? Um, do they offer, does Castle offer any financial assistance program to the, U, the, o, the uveal melanoma, ocular melanoma patients? Yes, we work with all insurance providers, Medicare, Medicaid, commercial insurers, the VA, to secure coverage for our testing services. We have a phenomenal billing team. Um, that will submit insurance claims and, and manage the entire insurance billing process on behalf of the patient. And in the event that a claim is denied, the, our billing team will go through an appeals process to fight for coverage. So the patient will not have to worry about any of that, um, but it's really important for patients who are getting the test to know that they will receive a welcome letter from Castle explaining the process. And um, I encourage patients and their families to read through that letter because it will provide a lot of clarity, um, hopefully some relief, and contact information in case they have any questions. And regarding you know, financial assistance, our founders have always believed that quality care should not depend on a patient's financial situation. And so we also sponsor an industry-leading financial assistance program that can uh, provide help for uninsured patients and patients who might have insurance plans with really high deductibles or co-pays. So many patients have benefited from, from that program and it really keeps the test from being cost prohibitive. Okay, I feel like that's really good to know. And also good to just be reminded that there is you know, information mailed out to each patient. 
um, for them to read. And I guess maybe just to, to make a note that if you as the patient are overwhelmed by that letter, because sometimes we are, um, to have your family or your friends or somebody else read it for you and just kind of save it for you so you can go and read it again later. Um, you know, when you're maybe more mentally and emotionally prepared after all of the crazy happens with the diagnosis. Um, I know like I probably got the letter, but I'm pretty sure I didn't look at it personally because everything was just so crazy. Um, but it's there. It's good to, good to know that it's there and it's being, you know, being told. Um, okay. And the contact information to our billing team patients, you know, can feel free to call our um, support team at any time to ask questions if, if reading oh, through that's, that letter is That's really helpful to know. Um, and I know you've also been, uh, you've also been a part of, of our survivorship seminars and just come to like talk to patients and answer questions. So that's um, just future opportunities for that will come up, I'm sure, again in the future. Um, okay, next question. Um, how do you go about with, uh, go about testing patients outside of the U.S.? Is that something you guys do at this time or no? Yes, we do support testing for international patients and we do regularly test patients from abroad. The best way for patients to get more information about international testing is to have their provider contact us so that we can explain the process and the shipping requirements. Because um, that's, that's the one thing that sometimes it can be a little tricky to transport biopsy tissue across borders. Okay, I did not know that. So that's amazing that you guys are able to do that and that you have the resources um, to communicate across seas with other countries to get biopsy tissue um, for these patients. Okay. So there's obviously a lot of research going on right now to try and advance our understanding of rare diseases like OM. So what excites you most about the recent or the ongoing advances in the OM field? Oh, I think it's such an exciting and hopeful time for uveal melanoma patients and their families because there's so much active research in the uveal melanoma space. And we are very privileged to get to work with some of the leading clinician scientists on research collaborations to help advance the field. One of these collaborations is with the Collaborative Ocular Oncology Group, the COOB, which, as I mentioned before, is looking to prospectively validate PRAIN. So the COOB group has grown significantly over the past couple of years and is now expanding to even um, start developing adjuvant clinical trials for patients. So we're excited about that. We really look forward to seeing those efforts materialize in the near future. Well, that I couldn't agree more. Um, I think, you know, it's been, it's been said by a few different professionals and that if there's a time to have uveal melanoma, it's now. Like, this is when the research is highest and most, um, I guess, most heavily pushed right now. And that's pretty amazing. Um, so what do you love most about working at Castle right now, personally? Yeah, I feel really lucky to work at a company that's so dedicated to improving patient care through innovative testing, um, but also dedicated to keeping this patient-oriented approach in everything that we do. So we have, you know, a commitment to supporting patient groups like Acure Insight. And for me personally, being able to engage with patients through um, these patient advocacy organizations has been hugely inspiring. And, you know, it's been especially rewarding to hear from patients about how our testing has impacted their lives and individual journeys through this disease. It's an amazing community. Well, thank you for being a part of that, a part of this and a part of the community. Um, 
And thank you for just your dedication as a, a researcher, like to all of what goes into Castle. Um, and thank you again to Castle for just for doing this interview and for giving us some clarity on what you guys offer and why. Um, we really appreciate having you. And um, just to close out, is there anything that you'd like to say as we end? Well, I just want to thank you and Melody and everyone at Acure Insight for everything that you've done for the uvm Melanoma patient community. You guys are amazing, and it's uh, an honor and a privilege Likewise. To thank you. you so much, again, um, for being here, Kat. And we look forward to seeing you more in the future and just hearing more of what Castle has to bring to the table as the years go by. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast, brought to you by Castle Biosciences and produced by Agora Media. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.